What's up, sports fans? Thank you again for tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast. As always, I am your awesomely nerdy, ridiculous host, Nicholas, and I'm glad to be with you all again. So today, on Season 3, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the wizard, Mr. Scott Miller, my coach of Strength and Mechanics and the Stronghouse Project, back again. So we're going to shoot the shit. Um, he went to a meet today and he said he might be a little bit uh, tipsy. So, uh, tipsy Scott is great because tipsy Scott gives you the tricks and the tips that he may not usually give you. Uh, but then you're going to get them because he's just going to give it to you anyway. Like, fuck it. So score for us on that end. Now. Uh, as always, I want to shout out to Viking Performance, our official sponsors. Thank you, guys. Make sure to go check them out. Their apparel, their chalk, their liquid chalk. Use the code NERDS10, N-E-R-D-Z-10, all capital. Uh, get yourself uh, 10% off, save some money, and get some good shit. So, yeah. Um, we're not really having a plan for this episode. Uh, I just thought it'd be fun to see what happens when me and Scott shoot the shit. So, yeah, fuck it. Let's get to it. Scott Miller, round two. <laughs> hey, hey, man, that was like a 10. That was, that was 15. I, I just checked because I was going to hit you with the figure. <laughs> I don't guess. All right. I don't really talk shit. All right. There's that's. No that, that's that's fair. To, to in my defense, I had a, like I was like, oh shit, I gotta turn turn the stove off, get the shit on. I was like, oh, I got like 20, 30 minutes before he gets home. So my bad, my bad. No, you're you're good. All right, thanks, man. Well, as always, I appreciate you coming on, and I'm excited to shoot the shit with you. Um, what's been new? What's uh, what are you what trouble are you getting into? Everything. Oh, everything. <laughs> New. Um, well, we haven't announced it yet, but me and Joe Sullivan are going to be doing a seminar in... <laughs> sorry, I hit my pen. I'm dying right now. <laughs> um, we're going to be doing a seminar in November after North American Championships on November 16th, the Saturday. That's the day. I'm so excited for that. I'm 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 gonna I think that'd be a perfect thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna make a point to be there because that's only gonna be like three weeks before my meet, so that'll be a really nice time to go and get uh, cleaned up on. I mean you kinda have an idea of what we're gonna talk about just because I coach you. Yeah. But, but still. I, I started working with Joe, right? And we all know that Joe's bench and like his squat are excellent and it's always his pull is what's going to separate him from everybody else. Like what can Joe pull that day? Yeah. Um, so that was like his one lift that like we needed to correct. So I taught him the exhale. Ah, uh, yes. The infamous exhale. The yeah. Yeah. So just the tension and how to create the tension with the upper torso and the bar. Because, like, yeah, you pull the slack, but there's still slack between you and the bar and your upper back, so you have to figure out how to get that out. So we dialed that in with Joe, and his last pulls looked phenomenal. Um, so that's mainly what the seminar is going to be on. Obviously, we're going to cover, like, bracing in the squat and the bench as well because it all plays a part. But it's, I mean, the deadlift is going to be the game changer for most everybody. And it's a lot of what everyone else teaches like what we're going against. So it's going to be unusual. And I think a lot of people are going to be caught off guard. Break, breaking the powerlifting dogmas. But you know what? I like that weird shit. I mean, it's even what you 
and uh, and Mark have helped me with of the rooting the toes, twerking in, and then laterally tearing apart both the squat and the pull to get more adductor and to get more of your like medial glutes uh, at the same time. And it's made a huge difference, but it's so different than the common knowledge of torque, you know, knees out, torque out. Yeah. So that's the other thing is that like, it's just so many different levels to this. And like, even that one blew my mind when Mark taught me that one though. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Oh yeah, blew my fucking mind too. Like, it, you, well, it shows you how shitty your ankle mobility is because you're just rotating at the knee joint instead of through the ankle, and then you just feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I for, mean, you remember when Mark put me on that box and was like, "Find your ankles, don't yeah, move your patella." Yeah, I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and, and then, and then, and then you looked at him as if you wanted to eat his dog. You were like, "The fuck did you say to me?" It didn't make any sense. I was like, what do you mean, don't move my knee? Like, just, I didn't think it was possible. And it shows you how, like, stuck we get in in these movement patterns and, like, everyday life that we don't even use everything how it's supposed to be used. Yeah. So. I mean, for me, it was exciting because I, it, it actually was very reminiscent of my old, like, martial arts, like, really weird stance days that they would make me do. And I was like, and so I finally felt like I had a leg up. Like whenever I lift, I always feel like I'm going uphill because I, you know, I don't have the strength for most of it. But if I have the uh, kind of the awareness and the neuromuscular connection to do some of these really unusual but helpful cues, I, I feel like, ah, oh, fuck, I may have a chance. <laughs> yeah. So I, so- yeah. That seminar will be exciting. That's November 16th, uh, that weekend. Famous is the day before, so you can get your motivation before and then uh, stop by Mining Joe's the next day. And get and get your mechanics fucking raped. Yeah, because everyone's going to be like, wait, what do you mean? Seriously. And, and honestly, it's probably a good idea that Bama's is before, because... I think everyone's gonna get hyped up and inspired, and then they're gonna go and get their mechanics raped, and they're gonna feel like shit and be like, "God damn it, what's wrong with me?" And you're gonna need that inspiration to be able to deal with it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting stuff. I mean, it's gonna make everyone pain free. Like the sooner everyone can figure out how to actually use their bodies, how they're supposed to be used, then we're gonna have the less like issues we're going to have because you're forcing your body into a position that it's not ready to be into and then you're doing it under load which creates dysfunctional movement patterns if it's wrong and then that's why you start blowing out joints and everything starts happening you have tears you have issues so if everything is loading properly and you're not compensating then you're going to be much better off yeah, and then imagine if uh, you know if that starts becoming the trend, and even just powerlifting, and then and then all of a sudden powerlifters become leading the way of pain-free strength sports. That would be weird. Be a weird turn of events as a whole. By the way, I think you put me on mute, buddy. No, uh, I'm just I I was thinking about what I was going to respond with. Okay. <laughs> I was like, either he hit the mute button or he doesn't like me anymore. It's one or the other. No, so probably if they start leading away as far as strength sports go, or even just lifting in general, that would be kind of ironic, I would say. Maybe hugely ironic, considering how the sport started. <laughs> you know, I mean, shit's still not, like, it's 100% effective. Like, shit's still going to happen. Like, there's no way around certain things. So... Yeah, but it would just be it would just be kind of ironic and you know and cool because everyone I think looks to you know ollie lifters as like oh they're the most flexible athletic they're the I don't know they kind of get they're like the preps and the jocks of the kind of athletic you know sports world and then obviously powerlifting are the skids and the kids who hang out behind the theater building and smoke so <laughs> you know. It'd be cool to switch it up. Yeah. So, I mean, we'd still be the we'll kids. We can change. We're yeah. starting to move it with feet, too. So, like, 
everyone's getting their foot massages, everyone's getting their feet working. Yeah, great. Their ankle, yeah, it. yep, ankle, yeah. Like you said, the ankle mobility, opening up those metatarsals and all of that stuff in, like in between. Um, especially like you know, people do are more aware of rooting now, but just imagine rooting if you have more sensory awareness in your feet. Yeah, and I mean, like I don't know how many people that have texted me that they're pain free just simply by like rolling out their feet. Yeah, I think I've had four in the last month or so. Yeah, I, I was talking to uh, to Chrissy about that because we because obviously we always you know tell each other how much we think you hate us and we go back and forth. But she was telling me that she was like, "Oh fuck, I rolled my feet and my squats are so much better." And I was like, "Yeah, he knows his shit." <laughs> Yeah, what, what you meant to say was you talk about how much you hate me when you talk to my other clients. <laughs> but that's not even true. I can show you. We're just like, man, Scott and his wizard shit. I think he hates us that we're doing this, but it makes us better. It's never about you, you narcissistic asshole. <laughs> it's about our own pain. <laughs> yeah, I am kind of I mean, but it works. It does work. Uh, and, and you know, I think you know, like someone who works with you, you know that you get broken once you start seeing that weird shit in your programming and you get excited about it. Like when you had me start doing deficit snatch pause deadlifts from the power bar, I was like, oh, fuck me. All right. Sounds fun. And like, you could ask me why I do it. I'll give you a reason. So it's not like I'm just coming up with like the worst possible scenario because that's literally what that sounds like to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely not but but now i now i think i've just like broken inside now i like those kind i really do like i like i those really helped my position because you would force me to use my lats and my traps with more tension and then not be too um not too early with my knees and push my hips through more and that's just made my position in my pools to continually get better so yes. It's like it all the method and the madness transpires well and it and it carries over. You mean the variations actually carry over to the main lesson? Oh my god. How conjugate of you. Uh, you mean <laughs> you mean you know why we do other things? Not just do other things. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, and I pre- like I appreciate that. Um, out of all the work that we've done is I know that everything has a purpose and everything accumulates into each other. And that's awesome. And I mean, hell, I mean, look at all the, you, I feel like you've been on a roll with your other clients who have been peaking. We had, um, uh, Vince or Vinny, my bad. What's it? Forget yeah. it. Vinny killed it. Um, Vinny killed it. The, and the other, I forget her name. Remind me her name. Alley, yeah, like yeah. they fucking peaked like a motherfucker. Another nine for nine. Um, Alley put together a solid meet. I think that was only her second or third one too. So that one was really good. Um, Oklahoma, not really a fan though. Hot, muggy, no, no. That well, was, that I was mean, a rough trip. I mean, it's the South, bro. It's like. Central-ish, I guess. I think it's still considered in that Southern Bible Belt, really. It's like the most northern part for sure, but like it's. I just know it was ninety degrees and like seventy percent humidity, and like I'm from Vegas, I can handle the one twenty, but it's got to be a dry heat. Yeah. No. If there's humidity, I am going to die. Yeah. Oh, you just melting like you're just walking through a sauna the whole time. Oh, and then the gym just had the doors up, and I was like, wait, you guys don't, you don't play AC? Like, you don't, yeah, like, you live in this fucking hot box, and you don't AC? Cool, bro. Cool. So that was, that was rough. But yeah. Solid meat. I mean, the, like, the meat itself was great. The venue was great. Equipment in the warm room was actually good. I was surprised for a local meat. That's always a good one. That's always nice. Excited yeah. for that. You know, I don't expect a lot with local meats, at least from what I've experienced around me. Um, it's normally just Ollie bars and bubber plates and just shit shows. Oh, Ollie bars. <laughs> oh, nothing like, you know, taking a heavy squat on an Ollie bar with bumper plates. Yeah, all that whip. We. Yeah. 
And you're like, wait, how do I even fit enough on for my last warm up? I can't. I can I, I cannot. I need to. I'll just I'll just take this my leather one for like a triple, and hopefully that helps. Yeah, we'll see how that works out on the platform. Yeah, no, no. Well, so that was actually a, a good meet. That's the cool thing about traveling is I get to see like what other states can put together, and then I have a kind of an idea as far as meet directors go. Um, when it comes to my clients picking meets, I can direct them to ones that I know are going to have like better equipment or it's a better ran meet, more timely. Because like you no know, one wants to sit there for ten hours and expect to pull like something good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, the time management's important. It's like what you had mentioned when I, about the um, that Pennsylvania meet. You said how they like split it up. But, yeah, you know, it's a two session meet. Yeah, like, there's not many USPA meets or two sessions. No, that's that's definitely. I feel like that's a East Coast thing or something because I don't think I don't know of any West Coast meets that do that. No, I think it's only East Coast. Yeah, that's really odd. I don't know why they wouldn't just barrel through it but go two days yeah just yeah or that just go fucking two days jesus but whatever um but then we have uh i think mr mr mark he competes tomorrow right mark mark gratix is that his first name i always fuck up his first name sean Sean. oh his first name sean damn it that's right he doesn't listen he won't know his instagram is mr He's a teacher, so it says Mr. and then his last name. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, yeah, my dyslexic ass. Okay, Sean. That's it. So he competes tomorrow, though. I know that. Yeah. He's been looking good. That should be exciting. Um, He had a great press. I don't expect any hiccups really tomorrow. If it does happen, it's going to just be a complete fluke and I'm going to be caught off guard. So we'll see how that goes. I doubt it. This podcast will probably get posted afterwards, so maybe we'll just crop this part out if he does that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He should go. I don't expect anything less than like a seven for nine day. Um, I mean, you know me. I'm going to be conservative on like the third on the bench and the squat and then yeah. send it on deadlift. So, and you know how light I open, so I don't expect anything less than like a six or like a six for nine would be like the worst case scenario. Yeah, um, eight for nine would be like a good day, and then obviously nine for nine is what we're going for. But I'm not going to call anything too great. Um, his opener should just about be meet PRs because he's given years since his last platform date. Like, yeah, his last platform meet was actually the same meet in Vegas last year, so he gave me a year. Um, I think his squat opener is two and a half kilos above his last third attempt. His bench is like either the same as his third attempt last year, somewhere in there, and then his pole will PR on two. So. Oh yeah, that'll be nice. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been. No pressure after that, if you can go in and just build your total, you already PR like the opener, like you're just there having fun at that point. Yeah, and that's the ideal situation. That way, you don't do anything hasty. You don't. You don't. You're not forced in anything, and you can just focus on, you know, each lift individually and stop be, you know, tripping about yeah. it. I don't think that's what a lot of people realize when they rush into beats back to back is that like two missed third attempts, depending on how much progress you made. If your last meet was four months ago, you could have a lower total. Yeah. That, so like, what's the point? See, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know how or why, it's never made sense to me. Like I, I know I'm not a veteran in this sport by any means, but just like common sense is like I feel like you need more than you know do a meet, go into another 12 week prep, and then do another meet and be like, yeah, I'm totally gonna do better. And unless you're just on like the most amazing drugs ever each prep, like I don't think it's gonna not gonna happen. I mean, sometimes you can get lucky and like. Sometimes people are just so cock strong, they just don't have the technique. And, like, you just put a couple of cues in place and they just blow up. Um, but, like, outside of that, like, I don't know if people expect miracles or what. Yeah. And also, I think some people, um, it's a real thing. I think some people don't feel 
motivated unless they're signed up for something, which is... I mean, I can get that. Just sign up for it early. For a what? <laughs> just sign up for it early. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't... I don't, I don't yeah. Well, I'm eight months out. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do that Do that then. I mean, I for me, that's essentially what I do. Like, give, give me like eight months, you know, or something, and then I'm like, cool. Like, I have like a general like area like time frame that and then you know and then we you know pick a meet uh, that's what we did so um yeah i mean that works for me i don't know why some people just rush into it but i mean whatever i don't know man it's it's the common sense thing seems to i don't know people get lost on it um so what you know, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited for you and Joe to work together. I think that'll be really fun. Um, how did that get brought up? So, or was it one of those you guys were texting? And you're like, we should do it, and then you guys just decide to do it. So me and Joe met. I would say the first time. I think we. Then we kind of just like talked here and there. We hung out one night after Garrett's last meet that I coached him at. Uh, Iron Dog in April and that was just basically like five or six of us hanging out drinking beers after a meet just talking shop so that's like when we really like clicked but us actually so it's a funny story so after Boss of Bosses I drove out there to watch Joe compete he didn't have the best day um, he squatted over nine but got red lighted for depth spot definitely high he knows it I know it he cut it um, but like he's strong, just didn't put it together that day. So I told him I wanted to coach him and I was excited to do it. And he was like, I don't know. I'm too much of a control freak. And then, um, he asked me for help with Janice just to see what I thought about something. She was having pain. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a look. And then, uh, as I was helping Janice, I was like, Hey Joe, I'm going to send you over a program. I want you to take a look at it. If you like it, run it. And then he didn't see it yet. And he was like, all right, I'll just do it. Like I'm, I'm in. So that's kind of how that happened. I kind of just forced my way in there. I dropped the idea after boss of bosses and he wasn't, he wasn't hitting on it. Then I kind of just forced it on him. That only works in a couple of things. You can't do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Some people go to jail for that. Yeah, so you gotta be careful. Yeah, you gotta you gotta Uh, gotta be careful when you force yourself in dry. It's uh, (laughs) it's a selective skill. Yeah. So so that's not happened. Uh, I'm super excited. I think we've dialed in a couple of things already. Um, He's got to do a qualifier for that showdown meet in New York in September. That's taking the top thirty Wilkes, so he can qualify in sleeves. So we're going to do a meet in probably December. We haven't really put a date on it, but we have to do it before the 31st of December. Nice. Is that, that's, is that the Bama's meet that she's, that she's sponsoring the one in New York, the showdown one? Yes. That's the big raw meet. Um, I know as of right now, I think Dom is still qualified for it. I'll have to check. And so what, and what's the qualification for it? It's top 30 Wilkes, um, I think, in the last year in sleeves. Okay. But most are IPF. Oh, really? Huh. There's a lot, and they're going to turn it down. Wow. All right. Interesting. At least for the women. If they're on the world's team... They're going to turn it down because then they get banned. So it's not worth it for IPF competitors. But wait, they, but why would they? It's, they, it's they, worth it, but like they don't see it that way. Yeah, they don't see it. So wait, they would get banned if they did that meet because it's not an yeah, IPF meet? It, it's a untested meet. So from my understanding of the rule, from what I've heard from USAPL and IPL, IPF lifters, is that if you're USAPL... You can go back and forth as much as you want, 
But as soon as you're on the world's team, you can't do anything with like um, drug users affiliated with it, essentially. Oh my god, they're such cocks. So like, I know people have gotten banned from doing the US Open that were on the world's team and things like that. Wow. As long as you're like the second tier and you're just not on the world's team, I guess you're allowed to balance back and forth between untested and tested. And I could be completely wrong because I don't know shit about USAPL, but this is just what people have told me. Right. So, but yeah, so um, it's the top 30 wokes. A lot of the women, just because the Raw is so popular in USAPL. And IPF, that a lot of them are up there. So. Yeah, it makes sense. So, what is? Uh, I wonder what. I wonder what. I wonder what like, is, like the minimum Wilkes to get into the top thirty for like my weight class. I, I've no, never. I'm pretty sure it's top thirty all. Top thirty all. Yeah. Yes. Ah. All right. Well, still, I'm curious. So it's basically going to be like top three from each weight class is what I've been hearing. And I could be wrong on that, too. Right. There's so many questions that I don't have answers for right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. I just know that Joe's got to put up a hell of a day. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess I'm a few years away from that. But we working, fam. We working. Goals. Goals. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, I do have those goals. I mean, I have no problem saying that on air. Like those bigger competitions are the ones that like, I, I like though that eventually I want to get to. So, Oh, you mean you don't want to total 2k at a backyard meet? No, <laughs> homie. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. I mean, I'm a little drunk too. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, that's how we like to have you. So that's, that's, and, and that's okay. Cause you like to force yourself, you know, onto Joe and I like to wait, get on you while you're drunk. So it's cool. cool. <laughs> sure. We're just a bunch of degenerates. Us, all of us. It's fun. We have a fun, we have a good time. So, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, no, those, I don't know. I mean, that that's always been my thing. Even like back in the day, like I wanted, huh? Go ahead. Oh, I didn't say anything. Ah, okay. My bad. I thought, I thought you said something. Oh, I was going to say, that's always been my thing that even when I used to compete, you know, uh, in my martial arts days, I wanted to get to the bigger stage eventually. And that's always been a goal. So like most people are like, Oh, I'm happy competing and getting better, which I am. Like, I do want to get better, but like, I don't know. You, I, I've always been a loser. I'd like to win some shit for once. I just feel like there's a certain point where, like, I remember Trotter, his last meet. So his first meet, he totaled 15.51 as a 2.75 in sleeves. And then we go 2.75 in wraps, and I started coaching him. And the goal was 1,800. Everyone thought we were crazy. But, like... In my eyes, I felt like that was Trotter's last chance at, like, a local meet to go there and win Best Lifter. Yeah. Because after that, like, once you total 1,800 and 275, they qualified for North American Championship in USPA, and now you're going to do bigger meets. Like, I'm not going to put him in a local meet. I just don't see the point. Yeah, there is no point. He should go to the bigger, the bigger stage. And then, like... I felt for Trotter. I felt really bad. There was um, a 198 who showed up and didn't make weight. Weighed in at like 200 pounds. And his openers were like two and a half kilos above what we were shooting for on Trotter's thirds. Jesus. The fuck was this guy? Some local guy just showed up at a local meet. A 198 put up like this total... And it's a strong total in wraps, strong as fuck. And basically one best lifter, but like there is no prizes, no reason for him to really be there. Yeah, you just kind of just go and swing your dick around the locker room. As a qualifier, why are you going full bore, I guess? Yeah, it makes no sense. I, I just felt like, I don't know. 
I get it if there's no meets, but like he was an out of stater, so like he traveled for it, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, so that was just a weird one. Yeah, that is weird. That's a yeah. that's a fuck of a happenstance, is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, poor Trotter. And now Trotter will probably not win Best Lister for another three or four years because he won't be in a situation to do so. Because big needs are bust after that. So. Yeah. Well, eh. eh, yeah. I mean, if he keeps putting up the, the totals and he, like, podiums at those big meets, like, fuck Best Lifter, like, put up the total. Yeah. You know? I mean, obviously that's the goal, but it'd be nice if he won some money and actually got paid for some of this shit. Yes, and you're right on that account. Benefits of doing big meets in the USDA. Yeah, and that's true. I um, yeah, I I I wish there will be more opportunities. Hopefully, that more opportunities for getting paid will come for not just best lifter Wilkes, but like big total. You know, obviously, like at you know the sin your guys meet, you guys had that cash out for the biggest squat. That was rad. So. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to meat directors. A lot of if a meat director asks me for gift cards or anything for prizes, we never say no. Yeah. And you would be surprised how few emails we get. We have meat directors don't even reach out to sponsors at all. Yeah, and then and then they complain. You've said that to me before, and I've paid attention to that since then. And I've seen how, I mean, they just, you're right. They really kind of don't do that. They sit up their meats. They kind of do the bare bones. And I'm, and they'll, it, they'll make one post. They're like, hey, we're accepting sponsors. Yeah. And, like, this isn't, like, a major, like, moneymaker. You can't just say, hey, we're accepting sponsors. It doesn't benefit a lot of companies. We're benefiting the lifters by giving prizes. Yeah, that's like a band. There's small benefits, but like it doesn't translate for businesses. So when they make posts like that, it just doesn't carry a lot of weight. Yeah. And all it is is just reaching out because I don't follow a lot of these people. So them making a post like, hey, we're accepting sponsors, who are they posting it for? The lifters in their federation? Like, yeah, I just, it, it seems I like follow it. all 50, like, 50 state chairs and then all the meat directors individually in the state. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I mean, and if you were putting on meats that were awesome enough that sponsors want to sponsor it, then maybe you can do that, but most people don't. That's like a band. They're the ones making the money. Yeah. We're not taking money off giving free prizes or gift cards away or cash prizes. We're getting exposure. Which, in the long term, helps us, yes. But they're making thousands of dollars on meats and can't even reach out for prizes from vendors or anything like that. Yeah, or they could have somebody do it. Like, like that's that shit's not hard. Like, I, I, I can do that. Like, I can do that. I used to have to do that for, like, for like shows and stuff. That's like a band, like you know, posting, be like, Hey, we're accepting venues for us to play at. Like, no, you reach out to the venue, you reach out to somebody, you tell them what you have going on and you see if you can strike a mutual beneficial like arrangement. That's how it's yeah. done. Like the big meets. Sure. They don't have to reach out things like the tribute, the open things like that. Yeah. You can make the post like, Hey, we're accepting sponsors. But as far as like local meets and all that, you got to reach out. You got to do stuff to separate yourself from the competitors. Give your like local lifters a better environment. Yeah. And and it is competitive. Like I don't think it, so many chairs and comp- like competition directors realize that like I think nowadays pe- lifters are looking not just for a meet to put up their total, but they want an experience. Most of them are only going to compete once or twice a year, and if you're not on the big stage, like doing tribute or boss of bosses or Kern or whatever, you, you know, you're not at that level. You're going to be really choosy about which meets you want to go to. You're going to like, be like, I want to go to Vegas. I want to go to San Diego. You, you're going to make an event out of it. And the better you can make yours a destination that a competition people want to be at, the you'll have more lifters. Cause people are going to be like, Hey, I want to go to that one. Cause it's run really well. And there's perks and you know, it's it's an event for the lifter. 
See, all I look at, and this is just because I'm bougie as fuck, is the warm-up room. <laughs> yes. All I care about is the warm-up room. Are they going to have a combo rack? That's all. If they have a combo rack, I'm cool. But if you want me to warm up on a power rack with like a, a free a free roll bench or whatever, like just one of those. No. no. Not about it. Not about it. Yeah, well... Just FYI, you know, since we're doing, since we're doing the one at my gym, it's, uh, I mean, you've been there. It's uh, the warm up room is big. We have the whole backside, so we're gonna have two deadlift platforms, and then like that, like squat cage, uh, squat. There's like a squat rack, like an old school, like just the two legs, you know, and then and then you have just our two competition benches, which. You're lifting, not me, so, like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. <laughs> no, um, that's just the thing I look for when I compete. And then, like, I try to warn my lifters, like, as far as what I've seen in the past, what the warm-up room will be like, how the meet will run, is there prizes, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because yep. um, some meets, like, you literally go to it, like, the platform is literally, like, folding in half like a taco. Yeah, I've seen those. And they're just running through it because they just want to get out of there for the day. Um, one meet with Vince, I actually had to stop. Well, I didn't stop it. But I told a judge, and he kind of just looked at me and walked away. And then I told another judge who was a blue shirt, and he was like, yeah, you're right. And he stopped the meet and like got the drill and like screwed the platform back down and stuff. But a lot of... like. Judges will literally just be like, no, like, I'm trying to get out of here. And it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, which is sad. That is sad. Well, you know, and that's just a matter of, like you said, like, if the better meets the better directors who put on a better event can get more exposure and people start to have a better standard, then... I mean, it all comes down to the lifters, though. Like, we, as... A whole have to like understand this and not give the shitty meat directors money, or else they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, they have no reason to change. No, they're they're making bank. Why would they? Yeah. So and not bank like yeah, they still have to pay for things, but like depending on like how they negotiated, they might have just given the venue the door. The venue might have caught like covered spotters, loaders, and chair rentals. So like you don't know. It really depends how they negotiate, and outside of that, it's just like the sanctions, fee and trophies. So it's not a whole lot of money. The judges get paid in some states, not in others, from what I've heard, which is sad that they're sitting all day and not getting paid. But yeah. crazy. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of you know, it's kind of weird. I'm, I am, man. I'm still, I'm still looking for the day you pull the trigger and you just. Uh, you just you you just start you become like a, a state chair or something. Yeah, that was kind of crowded. I don't know if state chair is ever in my future, but um, yeah, yeah, I know. It, it takes a lot to be a meat director. I'm not saying that they don't deserve the money, but there's a lot of work involved, and I don't. I mean, make it make it a better experience for very cheap. And, like, yeah. I don't expect them to have, like, combo racks or anything after the first one, you know? Yeah. But you could buy a bar after each meet, and then after the course of three years, you have maybe a kilo set in the back and a combo rack and enough, like, actual specific bars for each lift, like a power bar, a number bar, a spot bar, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... It's not hard to acquire things over the years, and I just don't see a lot of progress within them, like within the meat directors. Yeah, I guess. Well, hopefully, hopefully things kind of start to change. And I uh, mean, so far, it's. I mean, I know from what I've experienced, it's getting a lot better. Ohio is always a great meat. Um, anything that like Chico and Doug. And Maggie and Erica and them put on is always excellent, like combo racks, kilos in the batch. Um, your guys' meat was fucking great. Like, I mean, the, I mean, the warm up. Yeah, but that, that was 
the venue, not the meet director in itself. We have free combos and free kilo sets just readily available. So yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, it was the, that was the venue and the setup which made it really nice. Um, and like you know, they rescheduled a bunch of meets, didn't reach out to us, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, that is always in flux. Yeah, which is true. So yeah, well, hopefully, you know, hopefully you guys get more because you guys do have the venue and the equipment, you know. So, and uh, you know, honestly, and the exposure, like at this point. I mean, we had a lot of prizes and sixty-day notice that sold out of me. So. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's uh, it's not something to snark at. So. Um, so I did want to ask you, um, you kind of mentioned it about the peaking of like Vinny and, and the rest of them. What's, uh, what's been in the sauce lately that you've had these guys peaking so hard or mm, maybe you don't have to maybe divulge specifics in that sense, but a trend, um, that's been, that's just been kind of, it's been working. I work off the meat goal 12 weeks out. Wow. That's so so simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is simple, but that's what I've been doing. Um, a lot of my programs, and I know this, but it's hard to do with monthly because you never know when someone's going to drop you unexpectedly, and that hurts. Um, but I work so much better from the back. That's what she said. Yeah, so much better from the back. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, so I basically just work backwards. I know what the goal is. I know where you need to be. Like, and that's what it comes down to is that my peach, I know the percentages and the ranges that I need to hit for them to hit what I need on the edge. Um, it just comes down to the factors. So like, did they cut late? How are their nerves? Is it their first meet? Or their lifts in prep competition standard, or were they lifting on like funky equipment like pound plates on deadlift where there's going to be more whip involved? Things like that. Um, so I kind of have an idea where they need to be for three weeks out. And then when you work off Meagle, you have to understand that like 70 or 75% isn't actually 75% because you're working off gold, not true max. So that might be like 80 or 82 or 83. So even though you're writing a 75, you have to account for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, makes sense. Um, so a lot of the things I do when I'm working on Beagle is I'm actually cross-referencing it to what I know that they've actually done before. So I'm getting a feel for that percentage. And then I'm getting a feel for that percentage off the meagle as well. Okay. Yeah, that so makes sense. Then when they send me a video, say it says 80 on the paper, but that's really like an 85 or 86% of their actual max. Did it, did it move like an 80% or did it move like an 85? You know what I mean? Yeah. If I give them a set of four and they burn through it, I would say it's probably closer to the 80 range. You know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. So I'm getting a lot of feedback based on the weights and cross-referencing percentages against the meat and natural max. That's it. So simple yet so profound. But like you, but I mean, you've said it before that because I've seen you do it. You, you've literally given away a prep or like you've shown like somebody's whole prep. But you're like, I don't give a shit because it comes down to execution. Most people can look at something but not know how to execute it properly. Yeah, and like those percentages aren't going to work for everyone. Like my percentages have like ranges, so at least in my head they have ranges. So when I'm doing a peak, what I might do for like 89% for somebody else, I might do for 85 for somebody else for a triple. But I know that that's going to be what I need to do it for. Right. Some people don't have reps. Like, their first one would be dramatically better than their second, and I know they're going to fail a third if I give it to them at 88. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
it really comes down to like knowing the lifter and then going from there too. Cause there's just so many factors involved. I can give anyone percentages all day long and you're more than welcome to run them. Like my first week of my peak is always 85 to 90% for a triple. Feel free. Like try it. Go off me goal. Yeah. If you, if you miss, you're probably overshooting. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That would that would be that, and 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 like you said, it comes down to cross referencing of looking how fast that moved, how clean it was, how how steady they were, you know. And um, you have to account for misgroups too. Yeah, I see a ton of coaches get so focused on bar path and like velocity, but like what happens when you misgroup? Are you able to like cue the lifter through it and like make them like come back and get it if they miss it in competition? Or do you just focus so much on velocity and everything that you don't know what the fuck to do after that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see a lot of one-dimensional coaches. That brings me to my next gripe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is? A lot, of, a lot of great programmers, a lot of great mobility coaches, a lot of great technique coaches, but they can't put it all together. Yeah, it's true. It's 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 hard to put shit together. It's hard to be to think on all angles. You know, some people get really fixated on the programming, the technique, the mobility, and the strength. But they, yeah, like you said, they they can't they can't make them cohesively synergistic. Yeah, and then you have to have an eye for it too. Yeah. Uh, I know I've handled people at meets, but I don't coach, so like I never see their lifts. But you can kind of get a feel for what they do during warmups, and then based on like opener and stuff. And like, there's not a lot you can change on meet day, but there's always like a cue that you can give them that can help save their day. And that's the one thing I've noticed, like just a simple cue. It might be something as simple as just like elbows under the bar more if you start to fold on a squat or um, bench, just drive it back. You know what I mean? Just little things. Yeah. Or one thing I've heard, I've heard you do before at meets is you tell people, you know, um, you know, focus on the technique, not the hype. I'm paraphrasing. You, you usually I actually use that today, and someone went back and got their third after they missed their second because they were too hyped. Yes, yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard you say that now at least three to four times. I heard you say it when at the L, the I don't remember it was LA Fit Expo, the first time that we met in person. Uh, I heard you say, it. yeah. Because he yeah. was fucking just hyped out of his mind. Um, yeah. That's normally something that you have to say at untested meets. There's not a lot of times you have to say that at tested meets. Um, but I had to use it today at a tested meet. Um, and I think that's part part the gym fault. Um, our gym members got him way too hyped before he got for a second. Which isn't a bad thing. I like it. Everyone's there showing support. But <laughs> it yeah. was the second attempt, and he should have treated it like that. Yeah, but he went back out there. Uh, they still went up on three, and he got it. So good day all around. Yeah, which is good, you know. And it comes down to like how you harness hype. It's like do you let hype get to you, or do you let hype focus you? You know, and um, yeah, there's definitely an optimal arousal. Like I don't want you going out there flat and dead as fuck. Yeah, you define that, but. Dude, you too hyped, and you're not gonna do anything you're supposed to. Yeah, because you get too, dude. I I went on spotting loading two weeks ago at the last meet we had. I saw the most flattest, like no emotion lifter who was competing that I've ever seen. He didn't get hype. He barely smiled. He literally just sauntered, not walked. He sauntered over to the bar. For every attempt of every lift, even his third squat and third deadlift, like I, it, it was borderline hilarious. Like this guy is just like, like he was like on um, I don't know, I don't know oh, what's uh, I'm trying to think. Of, it's like a specific antidepressant that like completely like nulls you out. That's what he was like. 
Um, it was hilarious. I mean, he did really well, but like, just he was like a sloth, just slow, not a lot of like, you know, demeanor. And then he would lift, and he lifted slow too, just lifted, cool, thanks. It was weird. Something you just don't really see at a powerlifting meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the judges, who was like an old guy, tried to get him hype. And he just like, cool, thanks. It's fucking weird. <laughs> uh, um, which, uh, but yeah, but yeah, I, I've se- I've seen you do that, and I think it really helps. You know, when you were just remind people, you know, no matter how hype you get, like don't forget your technique and like all the steps and all the prep that you've done, where that ruins it all. You know. So. Yeah, I mean. There's, there's a lot that can be undone really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and for those untested guys, don't, you know, and you've told, you've, we, we've talked about this before. It's like, don't uh, take something from someone that you haven't taken before on the day of the meet. Yeah. Don't, um, don't, I mean, I think it's just worth mentioning just because it's like, if we're going to give advice here. No, we, we can go into depth. I'll even talk about this more. If you are going to take game day drugs, T&E, methyl trend, things like that, like suspension, halos, like try it during your fucking peak. I'm going to say it now again. Try your game day drugs during your fucking peak, at least once or twice, just once or twice, not the whole peak, once or twice. You have to know how you're going to react to it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's my rant for the day. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's, uh, I think that's a very sound rant. I think I've, I, I've even heard, um, wasn't this me or one of the meets I was at, a guy was like, oh, oh, like someone was telling him about the halo he was taking. And he was like, oh, should I, should I, like, can I, can I try one? I think that'd be really helped me today. And the guy, luckily, the guy who said he had it was smart enough to be like, have you had it before? And he's like, no. He's like, well, no, it probably won't help you then. So let's not do that. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, there is a chance that it might help you. And like, sure, you want a low tolerance to it. So if you're thinking about taking such and such milligram on meat day, maybe take like just half of that or a quarter of that just to feel it out. If you don't have to go full full dose on it, whatever you're going to take on meat day, but you have to know how you're going to react to it somewhat. Yeah. So. Yep. And, and more is not always better. More no, is not. Less is more. Less is more. Less. less is more with more compounds. Uh, I didn't say that either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but that's just what my pharmacology I was reading told me. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just what the textbook said. It's science. Yeah. It's literally science. It literally wasn't science. just some fucking forum that some bro bodybuilder put up. You mean you weren't perusing the T Nation forum, Scott? No. It, it was an actual <laughs> boring, like boring science book that I was falling asleep reading. But I suffered for you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> See, that's Scott Miller in a nutshell. Reading science books in bed with his dog for our benefit. Yeah, I don't know if you hear me playing with him this whole time, but he's being a real asshole tonight. I have a little bit, and that's okay because I love D Bowl. Yeah. yeah, my dog's name is D Bowl, too. Yeah, which is great. And <laughs> he, he lives up to that name because he is a bit of a shit, but I love him. Yeah. You're not gonna fuck with him. No, <laughs> he he is the he. I think he's even though he's a rowdy little fuck. I mean, he's young. But I think he's one of the best dogs because he he will fuck you up if he if he someone's fucking with you. But he's complete love bug. So yeah, um, I wake up to him trying to get under the blankets to cuddle every night. Yeah, lately. that's adorable. That's starting to be a thing that he wants under the blankets with me now. Hey, man, he wants the person. He's he's just a dog who wants the person, you know? But at the same time, I'm also curious to see what happens if someone ever fucks with me in front of him, because I don't think it's going to go well. It will not. No. I already, I can already, I already, no, no. That, that person will have a bad day. Yeah, he's just, he's only 45 pounds, so he looks 
so mild, but... but he's fast. He's a fast little fuck. Yeah, and, like, when I run with him at the gym, because we have, like, that 40 yards of turf or whatever, so I'll do down and backs when I bring him sometime. And, like, I'll film it, and in my head, I am just dusting his ass, right? Just completely just throwing the burners on him. He can't touch me. I watched the video, and this fucker is just playing with me. Yeah. He's like, jogging. And yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I never even have a chance. Yeah, no, man. He's dude, he, he's muscle, too. He's all muscle with that 45 pounds. You know that he just, he'll bolt. He's getting stronger, too. We play a lot of tug of war. It's almost getting scary. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to playing with him again See to see how much he's grown. I'm probably going to have to bring him in December just because I'm gone so much that month, so you'll see him. Fuck okay. yeah. Dude, I'm, you know I'm about it. He can hang out. We have a backyard. Well, okay. like now, which, because I, I moved, so like actually I have more space now. Oh, you moved? Yep, which is nice. Um, into like a little like duplex house, like an actual house. So I have like a little backyard and a side yard, um, which is cool. So, yeah, it's nice. Oh, yeah. So now I'm not in like a fucking condo complex bullshit. So. Yeah. Um, I was looking for Airbnbs in London because my layover is 20 hours after Ireland, which ends that weekend. Uh huh. Or IPL. I can't find a. Like, there's maybe five Airbnbs that are um, individual, every other one is shared. Yeah, dude, it's 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 Europe. They like to, there's lots of shared stuff. I'm too stuff. awkward for all of that. No, I, I feel you, dude. I'm the same way. Like fuck that. But hey, but you can also look into individual hostels, single room hostels. They have that but over like, there. Even then, like I don't want to share a bathroom. I don't want to share anything. Some of the some of the nicer hostels are basically like hotels. You can look, and they'll have like their own bathroom, their own. I'm probably just gonna end up getting a hotel. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Just do it's that way too. more expensive than I thought it was going to be. It's like $150, $200 a night anywhere, like close. Yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> well, keep looking at the Airbnb. You never know. You might find something. Something. Yeah. I mean, that being said, like, you may not even, like, really need one. Like, you go out, you know, you got 20 hours. You could easily kill 12 in the city. <laughs> Well, I mean, I figure, so, like, I tried to look at that transportation, and it's only 20 miles from the airport to, like, downtown London, apparently. Yeah. But it's, like, an hour on the freeway. Yeah. So I think I might take the subway. I think that's what I was pulling up, and then it'll be, like, a 25-minute trip. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds complicated. Yeah, but, like, it also... I've never traveled internationally besides Mexico, and that was when I was, like, 17 with my dad, so... Oh. This will be fun. Oh, see, that's 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 when I, I wish I could tag along, because I, I'm good at that shit. I, I, had a, I, was, I went to... I was in Europe for, like, almost a month in Germany and Italy, so not English-speaking countries, by the way. Yeah, that sounds way harder. It it was it was hard, but also it was doable. Like so, when you're like in England and obviously Ireland, where they're English speaking, it's like oh, thank God. <laughs> but yeah, then it's just like little like quirks and like things like that. Yeah, like I dude, I'm gonna ask that of myself. I came from Italy into like London for my layover before I came home, and I had euros. They don't fucking use euros in England because they're bougie. They still use pounds. So I was like, can I use the euros here or do I need to change it to pounds? And she was like, yeah, you need to change it to pounds. I was like, all right, bitch, it was a question. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> what am I going to use in Ireland? Uh, Ireland is euros. I'm, I'm like 90% sure there, yeah, euros. Okay, so I need euros and pounds. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you, can you usually can just, you'll be able to convert them at the airport when you get there. I heard the exchange rates at the airports aren't as good. Yeah, the ones here in the states aren't as good. If you do it oh, there, okay. not so bad. Honestly, yeah. you so, know, cheap. I'm gonna look at things like that. Do my research. I know. Yeah, no, it's good though. But no, you're right. Like, it's better. Actually, my I because again, I flew through Iceland. That's the fucking key, dude. Flying through Iceland is the shit because it's 
halfway. It's basically like flying to New York in terms of like time. It's really nice there. Um, it is expensive there, but if you're just like connecting from Iceland to like Ireland or London is only like two or three hours. So you basically have a five hour flight, six hour flight to Iceland, have a short layover. It's really nice and cozy. And then you only got another like three or four hours into Europe and it's like half the price. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was already lucky. So the first time I originally looked at tickets to Ireland, it was like nine fifty or something crazy, and it had me going through either JFK or Boston, and then I had a five-hour layover at each of those, and then I would fly to Ireland. So it was like a five-hour flight, a five-hour layover, and another five-hour flight, which yeah. sounds awful. Yeah, that is no, that's that's horrible. Um, so I procrastinated like an asshole for like a month and then I ended up lucking out and I got a ticket for a hundred dollars cheaper. I fly direct to London on the way there and have like a 45 minute layover. And then I go to Ireland and that's like an hour flight to Ireland. Yeah. It's so nothing. altogether, I think my flight travel was like eight or eight and a half hours or something like that. Wait, hold on. Say that again. So your, your direct flight to London is eight hours. I think it's seven. What the fuck? How is that seven? Like, it's you're only an hour because, like, I, from London to LAX was an eleven-hour flight direct. How many years ago? Is that recent? Fucking two years ago, three years ago. Maybe they're faster. Maybe you had a slower jet. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, oh, I, I don't understand aeronautics. Maybe, but it was a long-ass flight. Like that fucking direct eleven-hour flight, dude, was. Was it you oh. flying there or flying back? It was flying back. Um, flying there, it was LAX to Iceland, which was just under six, and then three, just over three hours from Iceland to Germany. So it was about again eleven or twelve hours total, but it was broken up. Yeah. Um. No, it was yeah, yeah. Total. If you're flying against the Earth's rotation, it's going to take longer. Okay, that makes sense. That's the one thing I've learned traveling. Yeah. So my flights to the East Coast are so much faster than my flights home. Um, that makes sense. Okay. It's almost an hour to an hour and a half difference, and that's just to the East Coast. Yeah. Like, I think my flight to... North Carolina is normally like three hours and 45 minutes to four hours on the way there. And I think it's close to like five hours and 20 minutes on the way back. Jeez. So, and I think New York was like almost five and then like just over six on the way back. And it sucks because that's just when you want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would much rather have the longer flight on the fucking front end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, because then you're looking forward to it. That, that's how it was for me, too. Like, it was so fast, like, really getting to Europe. And then on the way home, like, I was, I had been in Europe for 23 days in non-English countries, and I enjoyed it. It was great time, but, I, you know, you're ready to come home. And I was like, please, just let me get home. Any, please. So, but you'll have fun. I, I've been wanting to go to Ireland for a hot minute. I still do. So, hopefully... Uh, yeah, hopefully I can make it there soon, but yeah, I'm excited for Vince. We should have a, a great day. Uh, his prep's looking solid. So, yeah, um, I mean, he's a solid guy. I like watching, well, you know, what he's done so far. So yeah, I agree. I think he'll put up something impressive. So fucking good on you, Vince. Like, you're looking forward to that. Um, yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate. I know it's you know it's been about an hour, and it's kind of you've had a long day, but uh, as always, I appreciate your your insights and your rants and your pettiness. It's, it really makes yeah. my day. Hopefully, I didn't go on too much of a tangent. You, um, I mean, that's kind of the point of a podcast, there, Scott. It's it's the time. Yeah, I guess it's the time I you think that I'm just complaining the whole time. No, because that's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to make this work better. 
Uh, I feel like that gets conveyed. I don't feel like it's complaining at all. And I, and I think that you always give little nuggets of like wizard wisdom. Hashtag wizard wisdom. Scott's wizard wisdom. Yeah, roll your feet out, you fucks. Roll your fucking feet and torque in your big toe and everything. Please, that, with the floor. Yes, with the floor and fucking put your rib cage fucking down. And keep it there. And keep it there, yeah. Own your fucking rib cage, as the back of Scott's phone says. Hey, don't tell people my secrets. Shh. It's okay. No one listens to my shit anyway. So it's not like they're yeah. going <laughs> to. put cues on the back screen on my iPhone. You're welcome, guys. Try yeah. it. Yeah, it's a thing. It's your fucking posture. Oh, you mean you mean right. that? <laughs> There's my last rant. Because <laughs> I'm done now. I'm done now. Your posture will aid your position, and position is power, bitch. Yes. All right. All right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to I'm um, looking forward to your your seminar with Joe. Um, I do want to come. I know you're going to be busy in October, so uh, maybe we can figure out a time that you it, it can work. I can come come through. If not, then I definitely plan on being there for that. And then, the first week, um, I think October 5th, I'm free. Um, I might go to 8-Man, what is that, like October 19th or something like that in San Diego. Oh, cool. I, 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 would, so I, drive down for that. I, I wanted to go to that too. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll keep you posted. Keep me posted. I mean, hey, and if you want, because um, I wanted to go to that too and uh, kind of make a thing out of that, I can um, maybe we can talk. Maybe I could like uh, share like a, some flight, and you can maybe like fly into Burbank, and we can drive down together, save you some time. Uh, I may drive. I haven't decided yet. All right, it's yeah. not deep in my truck. That's twenty-eight miles to the gallon, bro. I can't beat it. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. True, true. The flights, by the time I deal with security and shit, it's almost like 60% of what it takes to drive. Yeah, so, no, 100%, I, I, I feel you, I agree. I might try and bring D-Ball to the Airbnb, too, so. Okay, yeah, yeah it'll be fun. All right. Cool. All right, my man, well, thank you again, as always, you the man, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. I got a, I, I bench and pull tomorrow, so, <laughs> You'll get text. I will wait for the videos. Thank I know you, you will. Man. All right, man. You too. <laughs> Tell D-Ball I said hi. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you, Scott Miller, as always. I always appreciate you, dude. And uh, you feel like you're ranting, but you are making the world a better place because you're a smart motherfucker. And we need more smart motherfuckers in this world. Sorry, folks. Yeah. I hope you pick something up from Scott as always. Homie does. Uh, he's a mad scientist and he knows his shit. And you can learn a lot from him. Uh, if you don't believe me, ask motherfucking Joe Sullivan. So, and everyone else who works with Scott can tell you that wizard shit is real. And that's what it comes down to. So, own your rib cage, roll out your feet, and learn how to properly torque and root into the floor. You will be better for it. All right, guys. Shout out to our sponsors, Viking Performance. Love you guys. Go check them out if you haven't, guys. Regular chalk, liquid chalk, the densest in the business. So dusty shit for lifting heavy shit. And, uh, yeah, to you guys, as always, cheers. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to make myself some dinner and enjoy my Saturday night. And uh, happy Monday, because by the time you listen to this, it's going to be Monday. So happy Monday, y'all. Have a great rest of the week. And I'll be catching you again. As always, I'm Nicholas. Thank you for tuning in. The Nerds Who Live Podcast.